to the book of Job, chapter 2. I don't know, I'm sure I've said this before, but I remember right after I got saved, I got my first Bible. And having never had a Bible, I was incredibly overwhelmed by the, the size and everything and the small print. You know how Bibles usually have real small print and everything. And I remember flipping through there thinking, wow, there's a chapter here on how to get a job. <laughs> no, I really thought that. I, I really, I thought, wow, this this Bible is pretty cool. <clears throat> the story of Job is a story that I believe everybody, to some degree or another, can relate to it. We have all felt loss, have we not? Uh, Family members, friends, loved ones, uh, people that were close to us, we've all felt that. We've, We've felt the loss of property. I don't know if you've ever had anything stolen from you, but uh, my wife and I had our we had our house broken into one time, and and um, uh, it, it was a sickening feeling that we experienced through that. We've all felt the burden, if you would, of illness, loneliness, confusion. I, I what I did is I sat down and. And I tried to list as many of the emotions that I believe Job would have went through. And I believe that uh, loneliness, confusion, but this one here I came across in my thinking was abandonment. You know, it, 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 from what I can tell from reading the book of Job, basically all his friends abandoned him. Plus, all of his servants were dead. And his family was dead other than his wife. Now, I don't know about you, but I have felt that way at times in my life. Not obviously to the degree that Job did. But I, I believe the book of Job, in, 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 in one way or another, can speak to everyone. In chapter 1, we, had, we saw the, the waves of discouragement that Satan tried to throw at, at at Job. We saw him losing all his oxen and, and asses and, and uh, his sheeps and his camels and his children and his servants and just wave after wave after wave of discouragement. But the one thing Job didn't do is he didn't whine and complain. He didn't get on the internet and say, oh, woe is me. He didn't blame others. He didn't get angry. But how did Job react? Do you you remember how Job reacted in chapter 1? He rent his mantle, he shaved his head, and he fell down to the ground, and what did he do? He worshiped God. And in the, in the midst of all that loss, he was able to worship God. 
in chapter 2, the circumstances change, and, and we, being who we are in, in the context here, we, we have access to the conversation that God and Satan have. So we know what is going on in Job's life, but Job had no clue what was going on. In Job chapter 2, let's look at verse 4. And Satan answered the Lord and said, uh, Skin for skin, uh, ye all that, are, uh, that a man hath will give for his own life, but put forth thine hand now and touch his bones and his flesh, and he will curse thee to thy face. And the Lord said unto Satan, Behold, he is in thine hand, uh, but save his life. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with, a, with sore boils from the sole of his feet unto the crown. Satan turns the tables. And now the attack is not just from a physical perspective, but now it's more personal. It is Job himself with the, with the, with the disease. Job experiences extreme tragedy with the loss of his wealth, his family. His wife comes to him and tells him to curse God and die. His disease has, has caused an unbearable pain and suffering. His body is disfigured to the point where his friends don't even recognize him. This week, it's been interesting... Uh, you know, I, I normally get a comment or two uh, throughout a, the week, uh, oftentimes from different people uh, about a message, maybe, you know, whatever. But this week has been a very unusual. I've had many of you tell me from last week's message, you know, I never realized, I never thought about how long it would have taken his friends to get to him. And the reality is this. Um, it was weeks, if not months, from the time that Job is inflicted with this disease to chapter 3. It, it's, it is a span of time. Now, <clears throat> why, why, why would that be important? Well, we're going to get there in a minute, okay? Just so, we're, it, it, it's an important it's an important element i believe in the in the story of job look at verse 13 chapter 2 verse 13 so they that would be job and his three friends sat down with him upon the ground seven days seven nights and none spake a word unto him for they saw that his grief was very great. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you for, for this day. <clears throat> thank you for your love and for the work that you do in our lives. And Lord, as we continue to look at this man, Job, I ask that you would help us to see ourselves potentially in some of these situations. And Lord, help us to be a compassionate people. We love you and we thank you. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. I want you to go back to verse 13. And there is a phrase in that verse that I believe 
gives a glimpse into the heart of his three friends. Anybody see what it is? Okay, no, not, well, no, not really. None spake a word to him. Okay, now, now I don't know if you underline, I underline in my Bible, I underline that phrase. Because none spake a word to him. So what can we conclude from that statement? No, they spoke to each other. They did not speak to him. Okay, they, you know, they were, they were in the grieving process. But the, the point here, I believe what God's trying to tell us here is they talked to each other. Think about this for a second. More than likely, what would that conversation have consisted of? Okay, what do we say? What do we do? Let's go back to verse 11, because I believe that verse 11 and verse 13 are key to the mindset of Job's friends. What was their evaluation of Job's situation in verse 11? Okay, that, the, that what, whatever, whatever's happening to Job is evil. So, now you take that statement and put it with verse 13... I, I come up with the conclusion, and this is my opinion, okay? This is my opinion. When I put verse 11 and verse 13 together, I can't help but believe that they suspected that whatever was going on in Job's life was something that he really deserved. Think about this for a second. I remember when I when I first got saved. In fact, it was right about the time I got my first Bible. Actually, <clears throat> I was only saved for just a couple weeks at the most, and I got a head cold. And a, a Christian friend of mine made made the statement, "Well, you you must not be right with God." And I'm like. Huh? You know, I'd, I'd been saved maybe two weeks. And I said, what? And he says, well, you're sick, and all, sickness only comes when you're not right with God, so you need to get right with God. Yeah, we have a lot of people not right with God. <laughs> now, now, now. <laughs> okay. There there are a lot of people that really think that way. Now, let me ask you a question. Does God or can God 
bring illness into your life to get you where he wants you. Yes. Can God bring circumstances into your life to get you where he wants you? Yes. But the misperception of Job's friends thinking that whatever was happening was evil and the fact that they were talking with each other and not Job sets a stage for the rest of the book. Does it not? Because what those of you that know the book of Job, what happens, uh, uh, not in verse, chapter 3, but what happens afterward? Doesn't, do not his friends accuse Job of basically not being right with God? The lesson that we need to learn here in, 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 in chapter, the end of chapter 2 is we need to be slow to judge. It is, it is so easy. Again, I, I, I shared this last week. I had someone come to me in, in, the, in the last week or two, uh, well, last couple weeks, um, <laughs> Uh, and asked me very con condes condescendingly, yeah, that word, very ugly, well, what's God trying to teach you? Yeah, you know, that, that was the implication, you, you know. And I thought, I thought wow, that, that, that's like rude. <laughs> so just a little bit. But 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 on 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 a serious note, what what was that individual doing? That individual was passing judgment, were they not? And and we all do that if we're not careful. And we we cannot do that. That is exactly what Job's friends do. They they pass judgment. And it's easy for us, and please, please get this, it's easy for us to condemn his quote-unquote friends because we know the truth. We know the story. Did they know the story? They had no clue. So we need to learn not to be judgmental and allow God to do work. Now, my wife and I have gone, this last week has been a, a hard week for my wife and I. We found out that <clears throat> very, very dear friends of ours, very dear friends of ours, you, you would have no idea who it is. Ashley would know him, but she'd be the only one. So I'm, but I'm still not going to tell you their names, but a very, very dear friend of ours, a former pastor. In fact, what, two years ago he quit? About two years ago? He, he resigned his church about two years ago, and now he and his wife barely talk. And she has reached out to Melanie and I, you know, I'm waiting for God to open the door where I can try and reach out to him. 
But you know what I have found my wife and I doing over the last week? The same thing you would have been doing. Trying to figure out what happened. And what do we do when we do that? We become judgmental, do we not? And and we've not been ugly about it. We've not, you know, but I'm just saying you go down that road really easily. And we need to be so careful, so very careful not to go down that road. Job in chapter 3, and that's where we're going to spend the rest of our time. Job in chapter 3 breaks the silence. The title of my message tonight, Is It Better to Die? Is it better to die? After sitting for seven days with nothing said between Job and his friends, Job starts the dialogue. I guess Job finally said, you know what, enough's enough. You know, I, I don't know, you know, but Job, Job begins to cry out. Weeks if not months have passed. Job has been hurting with incredible... Satan, would, whatever disease it was that Satan inflicted Job with, had to have been one of the most painful diseases known to man at the time. And, and can you imagine having that kind of pain for that amount of time. Again, we don't know the time span, uh, but let, let's just, for discussion, say, say two months. You know, for two months. Job went from, from being perfectly healthy to being in excruciating pain and discomfort for two months. Now, what happens to a person that has that kind of pain for that long? Fatigue is definitely one of them. It starts messing with your head. You, you, don't, you don't think properly. It, 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 is, it is a huge, huge discouragement, especially, especially when there's no sight of relief. You know, we're amazing. What I mean that is the human body is amazing. We can pretty much endure just about anything if we know when it's going to stop. Okay? Uh, when, when, if, if we know that whatever ordeal I'm going to go through is going to be done on this day and this time. Okay, you know what? I can suck it up and I can deal with that. Most people can do that. But what happens when there's no, there's no end in sight? You've already suffered for two months and there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Or if there is a light, it's a train. 
if you know what I mean. What, what happens to you? Depression. You, you just give up. You, there's, there's nothing to fight for. I believe that's one of the reasons why Paul reminds us in Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, that we have a goal. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, I reach forth to those things which are before. I press toward the mark or the, or the goal of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. See, Paul, if anybody who ever lived had the right to be discouraged, it probably would have been the Apostle Paul. But what did Paul do? He kept his eye on the goal. He had that ability. He, had, he knew the goal, and he kept his eye on the goal. In Job chapter 3, Job asked three basic questions that most of us struggle with today. If we don't struggle with them, we have struggled with them or quite possibly will struggle with them in the future. The first one we're going to see in verses 1 through 4, chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, says, After this, opened Job's mouth and cursed the day, excuse me, cursed his day, and Job spake and said, Let the day perish wherein I was born, and the night in which it was said, There is a man-child conceived. Let that day be darkness. Let not God regard it from, uh, from above. Neither let the light shine upon it. Point number one tonight. Why was I ever born? Why was I ever born? Now, <clears throat> those of you that like Christmas movies, you <laughs> what, what's the name of that movie? It's a Wonderful Life. Yes, it's a Wonderful Life where where uh, oh I forget the guy's name. Yeah, Jim, but the character. Um, yeah. Anyway, he, you know, he it, the whole the whole thing is based on the fact that what would what would life now look like if George that was his name if George hadn't been born. And what Job is saying here is, <clears throat> is I wish I'd never been born. Now, I, I want to stop and I want to make one thing incredibly clear. Job, in no way, shape, or form, is advocating suicide or mercy killing. Okay, that's not what he's saying. Okay, Th there is a huge difference between those things and what Job said. But when you are in chronic pain like he, is, like he has been in, you're going to say things that later you may wish you hadn't said. Through all of the pressure that Job has been through, he never cursed God. Now, I believe, this is my opinion, I, have, I believe that there were a couple times that he comes close because of the, the pain and the depression and just everything he goes through. But he never 
does. He does curse the day he was born. I have a question for you. What was the one thing that Job lost sight of? Here Job is sitting with his three friends and, he's, and, he, and he starts off by saying, I wish I had never been born. But what is the one thing that Job had lost sight of? No, the past. Job had lost sight of the past. All the blessings that God had given him. See, Job, see, see what happens, what happens when, when pain and suffering become part of our lives? We, we want to lock ourselves into a little box, do we not? And just dig a hole and bury ourselves. And what happens when we do that? We lose sight of the past. Now, now granted, he lost all his children, and, and I understand that. And I'm not diminishing the fact that when you lose a child, it hurts. I get that. But he had the blessing of children. He had the blessing of possibly even grandchildren. We don't know. He had the blessings of riches and fame. He was the greatest man in the East. He probably lived in a mansion, I would assume. I don't know. But he had, he had forgotten all of that. And this is a wonderful reminder to us when we are going through stuff, and we all will, never forget to look back and see the blessings that God has supplied along the way. Earlier, I said, when trouble seems pointless or there, there's, there's no end in sight, it brings with it a tremendous burden to our soul, doesn't it? Can you imagine the burden that Job is carrying? <laughs> He sees no point in living. There's, there's nothing to accomplish. All he can experience in his life right now is pain. He wishes that he'd never been born. Let's look at verse 11 and 12. Why did I not from the womb, or why, excuse me, why died I not from the womb? Why did I not give up the ghost when I came out of the belly? Why did the knees prevent me? Or why the breast that I should suck? Basically, point number two here is Job, Job first, in the first part of the chapter, he says, you know, I wish I'd never been born. And then he says, well, having been born, why didn't I die at birth? 
And, and I, I found this to be an interesting and almost puzzling statement to me. And as I, I did some reading and some research, I found that in that day, the, the what would you call it, the, uh, the birth rate was about 28%. Or, or the the death rate, the death rate was about 28%. So basically, one in four children would die before or shortly after birth. And it was a common thought in that day. And this is I'm going to read a quote. I I I forgot to write down who who said it, but this this is the quote I found. It was a common thought in those days that it was better to, to never be born or, if you were born, to die shortly after birth. And, and in our society today, we look at that and we think, that, that's insane. Why, why would you say that? Why would you think that? But, but, but think about it. With a death rate at 28%, and times in those days life was hard wouldn't it be better to have just died and go straight to heaven I get it in other words I believe what Job was saying here is my life is totally meaningless I've, I've, I've done everything in my life for what so that I can sit with a bunch of guys that don't really like me and be accused of things that are not true and have pain and, and, and agony. I've done all that for this. My life is absolutely meaningless. But Job asked the question, why? Why? How many of you, including myself, when things do happen in your life, the first thing you want to know is why. We all do. It, it, let, let me ask you, because and this is a question I get asked often. So, so let me ask you the question. Is it wrong to ask why? No, it's not. It's wrong to demand God to answer that question. Okay, because there are times we find out why. There are times we find out why years later. And there are times we never find out this side of heaven. But there's always a purpose. And Job asked the first question. He says, why didn't I die? Why didn't I die at birth? It would have been so much easier. Now, is that a selfish statement? Absolutely. It would have been a whole lot easier for him, but what about his parents and his siblings and, and, and all the things that he had accomplished from the time he was born to, to that time? The second why he asks is, why did they care for my life? 
And I, and I, I find that in verse, in verse 12, you know, the, the, the word knees there is referring to a nurse or the supporting love of a mother. It's kind of a weird, kind of a weird word, but that's what it's talking about. Verse 12 is uh, 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 expressing the tender care for a child. Why did anybody take the time to care for me? And I find this question almost ironic because most people want others to care, do we not? Most of us want others to care. And we get angry and upset if they don't care. Point number three. I find somewhat interesting just be, well, let's read uh, verses 20 and following. Wherein is light given to him that is uh, in misery and life unto the bitter in soul? Excuse me. Uh, which, Which long for death, but it come not. And dig for for it uh, more than hid treasures, which rejoice exceeding and are and are glad when they can find the grave. Why is light given to a man whose way is hid, and whom God hath hedged in? Point number three tonight. Why continue my life? Why continue my again? I want to I want to make one thing perfectly clear. Job is not advocating suicide here. That is, that is not what Job is saying. But can you, can you understand where he's coming from? In, in the pain that he's been in for these months? The fact that his wife has told him to curse God and die? The fact that he has lost everything. But more importantly than that, there's no light at the end of the tunnel. There's no gold. There's there's nothing. And and he's sitting here thinking, why can't I just why why can't you just take me home, God? Why why can't you just end the suffering? And as I, as I thought about this, well, before I, before I go there, I want, to, I want to read one verse so that you understand what, what this is talking about. In John chapter 1, verse 4, it says, In him is life, and the life uh, is the light of men. So when it's talking about here light in verses 20 to 20, 23, it's talking about life. Okay, that's, I, I wanted to make, make sure you understood that. But Job, well, I got, a, I got another question for you. Does Job, by asking this question, does the question carry a hint of injustice or cruelty in, in the question? Okay? Th- think about it. Uh, and and to me, the answer is some people would think that. 
Some people would think, oh, God is just a God. He's just a hateful God, and he wants to make people suffer and, and, and do these things to them. Now, my question is this. Does God take us through anything to torture us? No. Are we tortured? Yes. But the purpose is not the torturing. The purpose is what? The, the growth, the purification, the testing, all of those things that take place. Now, we go through hard things. It's part of life. But God does not sit up there and wring his hands and go, oh, this is so much fun. That's not what God does. If anything, he sits up there and weeps. So some people could read what Job is saying here and, and, and they could say, this is, I see the injustice and the cruelty of God in this. I, I'm sorry, but I don't. I see a, the love of a father who cares about Job. And I see the love of a father who cares about me. And when he stretches me, and grows me through these kinds of things. It's a good thing, not a bad thing. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Uh, <clears throat> there hath no temptation taken you, but such is common and bad. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. Now, question, who knows better what you can handle, you or God? <laughs> kind of a no-brainer question, huh? Because, <clears throat> you know, uh, I, started, I started physical therapy Friday, and, and I think that all physical therapists are of the devil, <clears throat> no, I'm teasing. <clears throat> but there's one, I, she gave me three exercises, which two of them, you know, they, I mean, they're uncomfortable, but they don't really hurt. But there's this, this one exercise, the pain is just excruciating. Now, <clears throat> yesterday, I think it was yesterday. Yesterday, I, 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 I was like, I can't do anymore. <laughs> I'm supposed to do 10 twice a day and build up to 20 twice a day. And I got to about six or seven. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. But you know what? I, I, I stuck it out to the 10. Why? Because she knows better than I do. Even though I hate her, but... But see, that's how God is, is, it, is he not? He knows, he knows what we can handle. And he's only going to stretch us to that point. And there is comfort knowing that. As I contemplated what Job says here, <clears throat> Why continue, why continue my life? As I contemplated that, I thought, you know, wait a minute. There's other people in the Bible who have thought the same thing. 
How about Rebecca? Genesis chapter 27, verse 46. And Rebekah said to Isaac, I am weary of my life because the daughter of Neth. If Jacob take a wife of the daughter of Neth, such as these which are the, uh, of the daughters of the land, what good shall my life do me? Now, is she contemplating suicide? Absolutely not. But what is she saying? What, 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 what good is my life? If, you know, if, if he does this, what about Elijah? Uh, Elijah, excuse me, Elijah. 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 4. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said, Oh, I didn't get the rest of the verse. I said, It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father. See, Elijah. Who, who was Elijah? He was a preacher, was he not? And he got to the point where he, he, was, so, he was so discouraged. He was so depressed that he said, God, just take me home. I can't, I can't do it anymore. What about Jonah? Jonah chapter 4, verse 3. Well, before, before I read this, it, it, what, did, what did Jonah do in, in, in Jonah chapter 3? He preached to Nineveh, right? And all those people got saved. And their lives were changed. Jonah chapter 4, verse 3, Therefore, now, Lord, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And I came across this verse, and I thought, wow, this is an interesting uh, verse. Possibly even the Apostle Paul talked about it. I don't know. It's an interesting verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 8 for for we would not brethren have you ignorant of our trouble which uh, came to us in Asia that we were uh, pressed out of measure above strength insomuch that we despair even for our lives What was Paul saying there was Paul saying you know what just take me home God I, I don't think so but it's possible. Some of the greatest people in Scripture, and Job here <clears throat> makes a statement, I wish I'd never been born. Or even if I was born, why did, why did you even feed me? Why did you take care of me? And then he says in, in the last part of his little statement here, <clears throat> just take me home. Have you ever felt like that? I know there have been many days in my life, and I hate to admit it, but there have been many days that I just, you know, Lord, rapture would be really good right now. Just let's, let's just do this thing. 
You know, I, I, I'm okay with it. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. I think we've all done that. So what can we take away from Job chapter 3? Well, I, I think there's a lot of things we can take away from it. Number one, we need to be slow to judge. We need to be slow to judge. Number two, why was I even born? The question is, Psalm chapter 139, verse 14. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and, thy, and, and that my soul knoweth right well. You have a purpose. That's why you were born. God made you special. The second question that that Job asks is, why, why didn't I die at birth? Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 and through 34. Therefore, take no thought, saying, what shall I eat or what shall I uh, drink or whithersoever shall I be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things, but... Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for, for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought of its um, the thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day of evil thereof. Why didn't why didn't Job die at birth? Because God had a plan for his life. And it's clear. Because God didn't say, okay, Job, I'm going to just take you home. It's clear that that plan had not been completed yet. Jeremiah chapter 18, verse 1 through 6, answers the last question that Job asked. Why continue my life? Jeremiah 18, verse 1. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Arise, and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he wrought a work on the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hands of the potter. So he made it again another vessel, as seemeth good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as the potter, saith the Lord. Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are ye in the, in the house, in my hand, O house of Israel. And my question to you is this, cannot God do with your life what the potter did with the clay? That's why. That's why God did not just take Job home. Because he wasn't done with him yet. He was still working him on the wheel, if you would. He was still, I don't know if you've ever been, been around people that do pottery, but they, they just work it back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And, it, and it, it's a process. God wasn't done with Job. And there are times in our lives where, we're, where we stand there and say, okay, God, 
the rapture could happen right now, I would be perfectly okay with that. And he's like, I'm not done with you yet. You still have a mission to do. There's still people out there that need to get saved. There's lives that need to be changed. And you're the one that needs to do it. And Job asks some really, really difficult questions. And hopefully tonight, I've helped you understand it a little better. But the title of my message was, Is It Better to Die? And the answer to that question is no. It's better to live for Him. Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank You for this day.